Hey, hey, Minus 3 is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. You can get great odds and markets for the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball now in full swing in the regular season, and so much more. Great new and existing user promos. It's America's number one sportsbook, after all, because it's easy to use. It's safe and secure. You can get your winnings in as quick as two hours, and we love the same game parlays each and every day on the sports calendar 365 days you combine multiple bets from the same game that's how you get a same game parlay if you're new just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started right now sign up though with the promo code minus three it's the word minus the number three so they know we sent you and now Kevin Hench is sitting there ready to go Eddie Spaghetti let's start this show minus three with Dave Damashek. Yes, hi and hello, sports fans. Welcome to Minus 3. We're ready to roll here. Let's just jump right into it here. But before I do, let me pull the curtain back. We are watching the NFL draft go down as we record this. Obviously, we don't want to weigh in too heavily on that because you already know the full results of round one and maybe even round two by the time you're winning this. We're going to focus in on NBA, maybe a little NHL and beyond. Have some fun here and... Who better to talk with right now, Eddie Spaghetti, than the man of the moment? I don't know what he's been doing to live right, but the sports gods are smiling on two of his favorite teams. The Boston Bruins now playing squared up in round one of the NHL playoffs against the goalie-less Canes of of, uh, Carolina. And if you think that's good... How about no Chris Middleton for the Bucs? Pretty much all series from what it sounds like for his Boston Celtics. I'm speaking, of course, about Kevin Hench. What's the poop, fella? Uh, well, the Red Sox are terrible, so I'm not that, I'm not that Yeah, I, do. I left them out. I left that out. I just, they just got shut out one zip and I got this text. <laughs> this is awesome text. Uh, batting averages of the four through nine hitters in the Red Sox lineup. 197, 164, 194, 154, 000, and 209. What are how many at bats Travis Shaw gets uh, with that zero 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 before they consider releasing him? But as this I've is who singing, you are. This is who you are. No, 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 you all no, you no, wanted. No. All I ever heard from your friend was all I ever heard was now I can die in peace. You can't complain once you get four no, in one millennium. Listen, That's I mean, if you don't win another one, this the rest of this this millennium, you don't get to complain. You understand? Meantime, I'm like I say, Bruins are sitting pretty. I, I, I've been. You're, you're absolutely right, and I've been I've been dancing a jig, saying I'm not going to let the Red Sox uh, ruin my Celtics buzz. My Celtics buzz is so is so pleasant and uh, just perfect. I, I, one thing I would say, it was weird. I don't want to say it was anticlimactic, but it was like Kyrie is such a bum, and the universal acceptance of what a fucking loser that guy is. It almost took some of the fun out of it, like. Everybody know like it felt like we were proving something to the world. And it's like, oh, no, everybody knows that that guy's a terrible teammate that the montage you could cut together of that guy not trying on defense in that series would be in, would be shocking. And, and, and the idea that he gets to write his own ticket. It's insane to me. It's totally insane. Does he continue to get to write his own ticket, or is it the end of the line now? Or well, are there now? An, a, is there? A, he I, I mean, I think people will. People, 
And he thinks he needs he should have a, a role in management decisions because he's proven what a what a fantastic asset he is to the organization. Uh that part was delightful. It's funny. It's funny how it's funny how things there's a certain momentum uh, behind collective wisdom. And by the end of the series, everybody was in on making fun of the Nets. What a what an abject joke they they turned out to be. But getting the way back machine, and then we can look ahead to uh, to the Bucks series. And like I say, you got the Canes and B suddenly sitting. But we're we're looking out. Me and Eddie Spaghetti at the time of this recording. You know, the draft is going on, you know, spoiler alert, everybody. We're going to kind of ignore what's happening in the draft because reacting to it in real time wouldn't be all that satisfying for you, the listener, when you know all the information as we're just absorbing it right now. Eddie Spaghetti and I on the edge of our seats, or maybe Spaghetti isn't because he's sitting pretty with his blue shirts, but the Penguins or the Caps are going to be the the uh, Rangers first round opponent now. Spaghetti is on the record saying he wants the Pittsburgh Penguins. And at this point, hard for me to argue with that, given the way they've been stinking it up of late. When they are out there with skilled teams, they get exposed. They look sad, though. For somebody 20 years in to a team predicated on speed and 40 years into being on a high-skill team to just be sort of outclassed by good teams, is is uh, it's hard for me to fathom. But before we do all that, let's say... That Tatum, I don't know, or Mar- you know, Marcus Smart, that pass gets deflected and, and goes out of bounds harmlessly, and the Nets win that series. Do you think the series is still going? Do you think that the Celts still end up winning out and blowing them, blowing them away? It felt to me like, and I said it at the time, this is not 2020 hindsight, I felt like in that moment, like, that's the series. The Nets better steal two, or it's definitely over. And But I also feel like if the Nets would have survived game one... Uh, you know, six, seven games, maybe. How say you? Yeah, that was a weird moment because I had the same feeling. Like the the thing is, the Nets can pl- see, be seemingly playing pretty bad, and certainly was the case in um, Game Three. I, I they run together, but like you know, where the Celtics were having these working margins, where you're like, oh, this one feels pretty much in hand, and then of a, a blink of an eye, the Nets have run, you know run off fourteen, and you're like, why is this game close? Um, I think like historically you, you have to defend in the playoffs. You just have to defend that. I don't know why, you know, a team that's so skilled offensively, why that always loses to the more physical, better defensive team, but it sure seems to be the case. So even though I had the same feeling of like the Celtics stole one in game one, I still think they win the series, how long it goes. I mean, I guess your question is, would a Nets victory in game one have spilled over into a subsequent victory at some point in the series? I think it would have just because, you know, they they were – the, the weight on your back gets heavier and heavier. And when you already don't want to play defense, down 2-0, down 3-0, like Kyrie couldn't be bothered. There are a couple sequences, including uh, Jalen Brown beating him back door where he's just literally paying no attention on defense. He's not, he doesn't know, he doesn't know where his man is. Um, But the other thing, which is a little sacrilegious, that Charles Barkley started to talk about, which I was like, oh, now that's interesting. Everyone piles on Kyrie, um, rightfully so. But Charles started started hitting Durant a little bit. And I I know uh, the three of us 
all think that that he's he's obviously one of the all time greats. But I hadn't really thought about it from this perspective, which is, you know, Durant plays so well with the Warriors and and so well in the playoffs with the Warriors, and he sort of he sort of supplants Curry as the guy on that team. But as Charles Barkley mm-hmm. points out, he goes. You can't go to a 73 and 9 team and say you're the best player. Oh yeah, I I'm the I'm the guy that you did what? They won 73 games. Like it's like so um the fact that that Durant uh never got over the hump with the Thunder certainly doesn't seem like he's going to get over the hump with the Nets anytime. Now it's like, "Oh, you only won when you were playing with Steph Curry." Uh, you know, two-time NBA MVP. Uh, that does. It's have- a weird spot that he's in. I can listen. Uh, same thing goes for Chaz Barkley. You know, Paxson doesn't hit a shot in Game Six. You force a Game Seven in Phoenix. I mean, that's a pick of mine. Or I, I don't even know what the number would be on that game. But Chaz, they're, they're a footnote in history. But that Suns team with Chaz Barkley at at the head was was for real. And by the way when the debate arises about Jordan versus LeBron or otherwise, the thing I always refer to is the finals foes that Jordan went through. There was no jive all six times. Every team they played in the finals, including the jazz twice were real good teams. So, um, but yeah, KD's now in, in that funny spot career wise, what his legacy is going to end up being. And I'll say in the here and now, you know, he deserves a lot of grief. He stunk. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still waiting to hear. I guess it's not coming that he was hurt, that something was wrong with him, that he had a bum, literally had like a bum, bum hand or something because he had a hard time holding the basketball. But Kyrie immediately sort of pawned it off on Ben Simmons. It was a big distraction for us. We didn't, we thought he was coming. And that, and that is also a fair storyline too. That Are you getting your lunch there? What are you doing? Yeah, you could just do your thing. I'm doing my thing. The listeners don't. I'm have just wondering what you're getting there. I, I want to see like, what I like well, to know. What fancy not, pants people not, like you, power hitters in showbiz? It's showbiz, so it's uh, it's salmon and uh, baby back ribs. Is that, that is that literally true? That's literally. true. I would love it if it were. I yeah. Oh my god, that's a, that's a one one of the best things, Eddie Spaghetti, about these craft services and everything. Look at that hench. Look at what he got. He got salmon and ribs spaghetti. Ribs. You're in the wrong in the wrong medium here. Go go be an entertainment. You know, go what volunteer they, what to was be. In the, uh, what was uh, it? What did hench they is lackey. What did they serve at the extra points commissary today? <laughs> There's a cafe there, but they uh, they're they're filming. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. They are filming um, Star Wars entities right across the street from us. Um, so they have a lot. They have like barbecue smokers going and stuff. And all you day. just kind of go cool. over they have and some get of those pig. Well, we can. I don't think we're part of the uh, Star Wars universe. I'm not sure if uh, the Mush Media crew is allowed to do that. IDs, but, uh, you, you it would probably it's could get a, a nice lunch out of it. Um, those half pig, half rhino guys who guarded Jabba in Return of the Jedi, they they stand guard at the at the food table now. So you can't get through. Maybe Eddie Spaghetti could, but not normal sized human beings. Um, but Durant, I, I, you know, bad. just projecting Durant ahead here. Durant Durant turned the ball over yes. twenty one times in four games, and to your point, a lot of them were like, "What just happened?" He's like 40 feet from the hoop and he does a crossover and it just rolls under the scorer's table. <laughs> What's happening? He was That was off. bad, but like I was going to say, 
in Chaz Barkley's defense, game six is is lost by a sliver. And, you know, is KD's legacy really going to get terribly dented by like his toe was on the line against the eventual champs a year ago? Are we going to forget all that? It's fascinating. I mean, it, that's what sports is fun for is because these legacies are defined by one play or a handful of plays or a couple of minutes. But I do think here and there. But, you know, you have to be able you have to be able to differentiate between like Mount Olympus and the and the next level down Mount Rushmore. And so sure. I think Durant you know, is an all-time great. I don't know. I think we were talking about, is he in the top 10? But I do think, you know, well, Jordan, those series were competitive and they were close and Jordan won them all. So that's what, that's why you're the king of the mountain. And when you look at Durant and you're like, well, he couldn't do it with the thunder. He did it. He basically did it when not doing it would have been almost impossible. I mean, how could those warrior teams have lost? And then, you know, when he had to be the man with the Nets, like he came up short. And I mean, not even came up short. I mean, he Jason Tatum destroyed him. I mean, he he had one of the worst four game series offensively for any Hall of Famer in history. And it also had the look of a guy who was solidly starting his decline phase. Hmm. Fair, I think. Um but okay, well, I you know we'll look ahead to that uh, to the Buck series in just a second. But since we've already started down this path, it came up on extra points. I talked to to Sal and Marty Weiss about it, and now I want to talk to you guys about this. Do you feel like because we're talking about where does KD rank all time? And I, I I never understand when curmudgeons who love sports allegedly love sports hate like how dare you bring up the LeBron Jordan? Who cares about those? That's why we follow it. It's fun to to try and see where our generation stacks up and everything else. I mean, at the fan level, yeah, that's of course that's a fun conversation. So if you don't like it, then I guess uh, don't listen um, to the next few minutes here. But Hench, are we watching the actual best players in the respective history of their respective sports? Or at least they're in the conversation, which is to say LeBron in, in the NBA, Mike Trout in baseball, Tom Brady in football, and Connor McDavid. This came to my head. McDavid, I mean, Sidney Crosby is one of the five greatest players of all time. Gino Malkin's one of the 25 best forwards in NHL history. Chris Letang is a generationally great offensive defenseman, a great skater. And the, the Pens, as I said earlier, are predicated on high skill and Connor McDavid, I mean, he is just at a different speed. It's crazy just how fast he is, skating literal circles around some of these guys. Um, by the end of it, obviously, and even right now, he's in the conversation as one of the best forwards of all time. And if you differentiate, differentiate defensemen from forwards and all that, he's in the top five, I think. He may go down as the greatest of all time. Or do you think that this is the conversation people were having in 1980 about whoever was the best then in 1994 in that window is every generation under some delusion or accurate in saying like, yeah, who's ever playing right now is the best in the history of sport. Oh, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) If you don't care, we can move on. I remember when you, what was the guy's name you hosted a sports talk radio show with who would hit you with that? 
who cares? Why are we even talking about this? You're like, well, we're a sports talk radio show. We should probably talk about the sports. Maybe pretend to care. I don't know. It's an existential question. What are we doing? No, it's funny uh, when you phrase a question like, or do you think, because you know with hockey, I think or. Uh, that That's the beginning and the end of the conversation uh, in hockey for me. And you don't cute, have to differentiate cute. between forwards and defensemen because Bobby Orr was also winning scoring titles while being the best defenseman of all time. So that one's easy. Obviously, McDavid is going to have to get out of the fucking first round before I don't care what he does numbers wise. I, we did have a little bit of fun this week uh, with somebody, somebody I think was trying to solicit um, uh, your favorite Wayne Gretzky stat and was hoping that the, the responses would be positive. So, of course, you and I, being in this small coterie of people who don't think he's the greatest, we started uh, hitting him with negative stats, my favorite of which is that Wayne Gretzky was minus 46 for his career after he left the warm bosom of Mark Messier and Yari Curry, which is not good. That's not a good hockey player if you're killing your team five on five. But anyway, we all know the myth of Wayne Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky will, will never uh, go away. Um, but uh, as to these other guys. And he's great, by the way. And I've, when people get it sideways that I think he stinks or whatever. Overrated in the sense that is he the best of all time? No, he's in the top three. So, he, so, he's, so by that standard, he's overrated, but he's still one of the greats. The thing right out of the gate. Just um, sort of how it how it hits you in, in, in the gut when you're watching him. Wayne Gretzky might be the best of all time, but his highlights don't stack up with Bobby Orr's or Connor McDavid's or Mario Lemieux's. And it's weird, but I guess you would say that about Tom Brady, too, versus even Michael Vick or Randall Cunningham. So what what value the splash of the highlights has? I'm not exactly sure, but it should count a little well, bit. I it's think. you know, it's funny because I do think a lot of these arguments have sort of been you know, decided be, by statistics where you can actually apply statistics so you can you can compare Babe Ruth to Mike Trout. And when you once you have wins above replacement, you just go, oh, Babe Ruth's so much better than everybody. I it's these conversations are pointless until somebody approaches Babe Ruth. It's like this guy was so much better than the guys he was playing with. Um, but the LeBron Jordan thing is interesting. Uh, I, 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 I forget how super 70 sports put it, but I, I kind of agreed with him. It said, if you're, if you're under 30 and, uh, and, and think LeBron is better than MJ, you need to get educated. If you're, if you're over 30 and think that you're a stupid asshole, it was, it was something like that. I was like, but (laughs) You know? <laughs> right, and I do. I love Ricky, but I, yeah, I do come down on I, the Carlin, the Carlin joke, the Carlin joke about drivers around you, like the the people who go faster than you are assholes, and the people who go slower than you are morons, yeah. or something to that. Uh, that's so, that's basically so, it, right. Uh, but I I do think you know I I will say about LeBron. First of all, I I do think it's fun and worthwhile to have these conversations. I, I like. Yeah, this is what is this guy? Are we watching the greatest of all time? That's that's a fun thing to think like this is it. It's happening in front of us. This is the best player of all time. But so can't you just enjoy the greatness of these? No, no. What what role do I have in this? Otherwise, of course, I want to try and create a hierarchy for these things. So, so, you know, Jordan with 
with the six, the six rings for one team. And then LeBron starts kind of like popping around, accumulating rings. So it's like the two rings in Miami, almost as meaningless as Durant's rings, you know, like, it's like, okay, you, you, you text messaged your friends and you joined a You Dwayne Wade had won a championship the honest way. And you were like, all right, I'll just join you and grab a couple titles. Um, and then obviously get it, you know, sort of the bubble title, getting Anthony Davis. Um, the, the only title I really admire is the one he won in Cleveland. The only problem with that one is he doesn't win that title if Draymond Green isn't suspended by the league. So it's like they all kind of have an asterisk next to them, whereas Michael Jordan, six for six, uh, no asterisks, no, no, no cell phone calls to his friends to form a super team. So, so MJ remains at the top of that, that mountain for me. Um, again, sadly, I wish I could make a Mike Trout argument, but as long as math and Babe Ruth exists – you're not you're you're not watching the greatest player in his sports history. Connor McDavid has to win something. Well, I guess it's like it's like this. I say 1994, 1995. So Jordan's the the best by that point. Everybody is calling him the greatest of all time. Lemieux and Gretzky are both in the league, but Lemieux for me. Um, Barry Bonds and Junior both in that conversation. And like Favre, Elway, Marino are all in that conversation. So I suppose it's almost funny. Like we uh, maybe we'll do that once we get past these playoffs. Is we'll compare the generations and see who has the rightful claim. Which window, which decade had the had the is the goat decade in terms of star power? But when you mention Bobby Orr, it does make me think. I hate to say this, but the city of Boston might have the best argument. I'm sure Spaghetti's going to jump in with New York, but New York has a cheat, which is that they have double the teams as everybody else, But um, if not more. But you might have the best claim to having the closest to the actual goats in each sport. Ted Williams, I mean, uh, Ted Williams has a case, if anybody does, to be the greatest baseball player of all, not, a, not in the field, but at the plate at least. Um, Bird, uh, not Bird so much as, uh, yeah, I, I guess you would... Uh, Go Bill yeah, Russell if you're going to nominate, if you have not, to nominate one player from your city, um, because you you can easily find statistical comparisons. Like even though Bird's shooting numbers are insane, but you Bird, you can make the statistical argument against the three titles. But if you just go with Russell and say the most important thing is winning championships, he went eleven for thirteen. Nobody can. There's no rebuttal. There's nothing close to eleven. Well, I've I, I've given you the rebuttal. I've given you the rebuttal previously. It was a minor league sport when Bill Russell was doing it. When when Larry Bird was doing it, and so that's diminishing one Celtics legend. But to boost another one up, Larry Bird in the top ten thereabouts of all time basketball players is underrated in my book. And really, when you go back and look at it, I mean, what are, I guess we're talking about NBA playoffs, so this is a fine conversation. When you go and the the winning time and all that, and we were right, Jerry Buss is right. I, I stand with Jerry Buss. I mean, with uh, with with Jerry West, and I'm I'm surprised we're such a snarky society now that everybody's getting on the old man. Oh, lighten up, old man! You're going to take it to the Supreme Court. How would any of you like to be randomly attacked like that? There's no evidence apparently that but, but he's that big on, a jerk. But everybody's like, wait, oh wait, well, wait, wait. deal so with you it. Don't think this is evidence right um 
uh, if you don't apologize for your portrayal of me as a psychotic, overly competitive asshole, I'm going to take it all the way to the Supreme Court. <laughs> I get the irony of that. I get, I get it, but it's still like, of course he's mad about that. What? What? what I'm a nice hey, you know, gentleman I, you know, from West Virginia. I, you know, I, I didn't. Do, why am I getting treated like that? They're having some fun. They seem like nice kids. Whatever. I'm chill. I'm not. I'm not like that fucking monster <laughs> at all. I'm just. I'm gonna have a glass of wine. I'm gonna enjoy the show. Adam McKay seems to be working really hard. No problem. Or I'm a fucking lunatic who will even mention the Supreme Court at a time when the world is imploding. Hey, hey, hold on. Hold on with overturning Roe v. Wade. Hold on with sending women back to the Stone Age. I want you to hear my case. This is unacceptable. I am not a fucking psychopath. Okay. All right, Terry. Supreme Court takes a backseat to Twitter now anyway. So what's the difference? And that, so that's where you that's where you settle all hash these days. You just take what you have to say to uh, social media and that uh, and, and vet the public opinion. I believe that it was right? I, I believe it was Matt Goldich. I, I want to get this, the guy's name right, because it was a tweet about this who, you know, in in terms of uh, of of taking your case as far as possible. Uh, I believe it was Matt Goldich that said, uh, well, Jerry West is used to losing in the finals. <laughs> True. Very good. Um, where Bird's concerned, you know, we see value all the time once you take a guy away and you say, oh, wow, they can't do anything when that guy's not out there. Um, I think the Celts are sitting pretty because Chris Middleton's out for the series. It, the, all the reports are that he's not going to play a game against Boston so it really feels like it's Giannis has to, I mean, Drew Holiday's what, 18 points a game kind of guy. Bobby Portis has to handle an outsized uh, uh, portion. I mean, he's got to have to contribute more offensively or Lopez does. I really feels like the Celts have really caught a major break here, even though Giannis is the best player in the game. Um, agree or disagree with that? Celts right now are uh, uh, a small favorite they're minus 200 you get the bucks at minus 168 right now in the series wait say it again the celtics are are minus 200 to win the series the bucks are plus okay well that actually seems that seems right to me for the reasons you just said um and i'm picking the celtics to win in seven uh i i feel like you know the celtics are getting Time Lord back. So Time Lord, you know, is getting some minutes against the Nets. Every game he's going to play more minutes. So the Celtics are getting better as the playoffs progress. Chris Middleton, Chris Middleton kept that season alive last year for the Bucs. Um, and that is a right, huge right. loss. And, and Grayson Allen's not going to shoot 79% from three-point land against the Celtics. And so but so there's that factor, which is just actual personnel. But then the other thing, when this comes down to game seven, the reason that game seven is going to be in Boston, and this is where the NBA karma gods come into play, is because the Bucks lost on purpose on the last day of the season to avoid the Nets in the first round. So congratulations, you avoided the Nets. Now you get to play in Boston in game seven. Uh, and hopefully the karma gods will punish you as they should for losing on purpose in a professional sport. 
I thought people went to jail for this. I thought it was a crime. The Bucks, the Bucks. When did I'm a, I? This is you said this three weeks ago. What? When did this become a crime to to uh, play for seeding like that? I, I I didn't have the issue you did, but listen. Good for you. You have your uh, your chip on the shoulder. That's what the the Celtics need here, and I and I like them in the series. Again, they're more formidable on the front line than were the Nets. But I do think that the Celts outclass them there, and it's you know, I mean, I obviously, yeah, I I, I don't consider Giannis a banger in the blocks. Obviously, he's long. It goes without saying, but I I do think that again, you can out physical another team here. And right? I do, and one of the things the Celtics do so well, uh, they're they have this great switchability. Like you know, Marcus Smart can guard pretty big guys. Time Lord can switch onto small guys, and and the way to you know, Giannis is going to get his numbers obviously, but the way to slow him down, form that that cha- that that chain link fence, you know, like get bodies in front of him. He, he likes to straight line drive to the basket, get those two offensive fouls on him, get him to the bench, you know, and, and I feel like the Celtics um, athleticism and switchability is, is really going to be a problem for a guy if he, if he feels like because he doesn't have his running mate, I really have to do a lot more than I might normally because Middleton's not right. here. I can't really take possessions off where Middleton just isos on his guy. So, yeah. I I, uh, I like the Celtics even at that pretty expensive number. Amazing, yeah. All of a sudden, things that you're, but you are right. Whether you uh, frown on it morally or not, it is the it is funny that the Bucks now are going to catch a, what looks like a superior Celtics team because they tanked right at the end of the season. Now, as far as that goes, when you take a guy away, if you took away. Um, and you see what's happening with the Suns right now as well. When when Booker's down, he's at the time of this recording, he is going to play um, for the Suns coming up here. But if you took Bird off the Celtics and you took Magic off the Lakers, who would win that series? I think the Lakers would be better off without Magic than the the Celtics would have been without Bird. Right. And by a uh, lot, by a I'll lot. Say you. By a lot. I mean, you know, that Celtic rotation was so shallow. I mean, you know, Jerry Seasting playing eight minutes. Like, they, they, that team, you know, Parrish, Bird, McHale, Ainge, and DJ, that was the team. And, uh, you know, Walton had the, the, the one decent year in 86, but they were, they were not a deep team. Right. Um, you know, Magic, it's funny. It's a crazy, crazy stat. This is such a deep, deep dive into my psychosis, but Laker fans will appreciate it. So 94 times in NBA history, NBA playoff history, a team has had two guys in double digits in assists in a game. So so 94 times, team, two guys, both in double digits in assists. Of those 94 times, 12 times, it's magic and someone else. So, so yes, Magic ran the show, but Norm Nixon, double digits assists, Byron Scott, Michael Cooper, James Worthy, like that is a deep, well-rounded team that doesn't struggle to score when Magic mm-hmm. takes a breather. Um, but the other thing it said to me about Magic, and, and I think winning time has, has done this well, there are point guards, James Harden, um, you know, e- e- even like Kidd, like they're going to get all the assists. That basically the way the offense goes through them, it's like they're going to create the opportunity for the guy who takes the shot. 
that Magic Johnson 12 times played in a playoff game where he had double digits assists, but a teammate also did, tells me he's hitting the ball ahead as as McKinney instructed in his brief uh, tenure with the Lakers. He's getting the ball to a guy who then gets the assist. It's almost a hockey assist, right? It's it's the breakout pass from Paul Coffey. And, mm. it, and it tells me, because we always assume guys who get a lot of assists can't be selfish. And I don't think that's true, as I think James Harden is is the prototypical selfish guy who gets a lot of assists. Russell Westbrook, kind of the same way. And Magic, purely unselfish, doesn't care who gets the assist, just wants to get a bucket and a high five. Um, So, yes, to your question, those Laker teams, who, by the way, had the better of the Celtics when both those guys played, would really crush the Celtics if Magic and Bird were both out. Oh, I love it. See, Spaghetti, we're doing some old Manning cast here. 1986, many hold that up as the best Celtics team of the 80s. Um, If Ralph Sampson doesn't make that crazy turnaround against the Lakers to advance the Rockets and they end up catching the Celtics, who ends up burnishing their their reputation? Magic and the Lakers, do they get past the so-called best Celtics team? Or do you think the Celtics would have asserted their dominance at least that well, season? Well, what's weird over about that year is, you know, I believe uh, here on the old Manning cast, I think when Samson made that shot, I think they beat the Lakers in five. So that wasn't like... I, I it was either five or six. Kinda, it wasn't, yeah, it, 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 kinda, it wasn't that, game that's seven. kind of a blowout. And so that particular year, you know, the Celtics went 50 and one at home. So they were going to beat who I just, no one was going to beat that Celtic team. That's the year that Walton is contributing. Um, so it, in retrospect, right. it would have actually been nicer for the Celtics given what's about to happen uh, subsequent to 86. It would have been, it would have been nicer for the Celtics to beat the Lakers in terms of the Larry versus magic uh, report card. Cause that, that they were going to win that they were going to beat anybody. Nobody could beat the Celtics in the garden except for the blazers and the regular season. Oh, I love these kind oh of conversations. I love those kind of, is that who beat them? I, Oh, that's a great answer. That's a great answer to a trivia question. I had no idea it was the Portland trailblazers that got that one. Wow. That's weird. They would, would have been good in, 86. I, I guess they would have had Clyde the Glide by then. So, okay. Hey, Spaghetti, weigh in here. Are we, you're a younger fellow than we are, but do you get the sense that, because I go back and forth about this, recency bias versus genuflecting the olds who were playing in what amount to minor leagues? Are we right to feel, is this a phenomenon that every generation feels like they're watching the best players of all time? I don't know if every generation feels that way, but I think like, let's start with McDavid. I think it's pretty much, I don't think a sports ever been as unified as NHL has been recently by knowing that McDavid's the best player, like players in the ice know he's the best player. The Oilers know he's the best player. Every fan for every fan base knows he's the best player. Now, if you want to come in and say he doesn't have a ring. Well, but they uh, don't even uh, win. They're, they're they're not, they've they've gotten close to a cup though. So yeah, I, I, mean, I was just going to get into that. And I was going to say, like, obviously, if they have another bad, you know, the, this Kings team could be pesky. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they steal a game uh, early on in the series. Uh, if they struggle again, then it comes to a point where it's like, yeah, it's going to be a black mark in his career. But I think with what he could do on the ice, he's by far, he's the best. Going to MLB with Trout, 
Trout is great on the bases. He's great defensively. He could hit for power. He could hit for average. If he stays healthy and could put up more seasons, I wouldn't be shocked. But again, another thing that comes into the, the, the factor is the era you're playing in where, yeah, you could say Babe Ruth and Taylor Williams and these guys, but people will say back then the eras weren't as good. I think now across the board in every sport, you could say that you're playing in probably the hardest era, especially hockey too, with like the rule changes, goalie pads are bigger, stuff like that. So and I, I think that that's, you know, you're always going to have people who are naysayers who are going to say the guy that I saw was the best and this and that. But I think in terms of it's harder now to play sports than it was in the olden days. Um, but I, I hear you. Know, so I think, I think those are, are strong cases. But I, I, right. So it's a sort of a progressive sort of notion that that what we're watching. But that's a, gets back to what we're, we're we're saying is I think there's a certain weird pride as spectators of like I saw the best. I witnessed it. That's why I thought that Nike campaign around LeBron was uh, about witnessing was it was, was resonated with me at least I think everybody thinks they're watching the best yeah I mean obviously if you drop Connor McDavid into into 1965 Phil Esposito would be like what the hell is that thing skating around past me you, you mean, don't think was a pylon uh, out there who was you don't think Bob Cousy could have scored on Scottie Pippen <laughs> That was the best. That was the best. That's too old Manning cast. If if you're floating Bob Cousy, that's where you get into trouble with like when you when you do peer comps. It's like it was I always say to people when uh, when people float Don Hudson. Don't forget about Don Hudson. He dominated the sport like no other wide receiver. I was defending him. My forefathers were the cornerbacks trying to cover him. It's not that impressive to me. I don't care. And same kind of like I always say about Bill Russell. Like, who was he beating? <laughs> Bob Pettit was the second best player in the league. Am I supposed to swoon over that? It was a minor league at the time. Um, okay. okay. So I think one thing, now, one thing we've definitely give us your pick and on I appreciate the, uh, we kind of stumbled into this, okay. even though it's very fun. <laughs> it's like that the oh. the Boston Mount Rushmore, we didn't get to Brady because it we've said it so many times, obviously the greatest of all time by – Of course. Well, right. So we are so watching Brady, the best football player. Brady, is, of all time. as I think we've agreed here, is not only the greatest of all time at his sport, but has now created the biggest gulf between himself and number two. So the Boston Mount Rushmore is Tom Brady, Bobby Orr, Ted Williams, and I'll go Bill Russell over Larry Bird. Uh, um, I mean, but, uh, uh, Spaghetti's point, however you want to evaluate this, or the, if you drop Bill Russell into 2022, he would be just is the, the leader in the clubhouse, and everyone else can submit their their uh, nominees for their city. Um, uh, what do you got? Omar Moreno. Um, Clemente. Yeah, that's right. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Rennie Stennett. Uh, Ed Ott. Maybe no, the but best you're actually, no, I, actually I mean, listen, Clemente. I, I Barry Bonds. I'm so embarrassed. I forgot that Sheck is obviously not eligible for this competition because he's from a minor league city with no NBA team. I, uh, I don't know what to say. It's a fact. A it's a fact. Listen, greatest, greatest, greatest hockey player in the history of people. Mean Joe Green in the conversation for the best defensive lineman. The two, two of the best three cornerbacks in the Super Bowl era in Mel Blunt and Rod Woodson. Troy Polamalu, if nothing else, as as distinct well, let, the football players. Let's pick one. You have to pick one Spiller. You have to pick one Spiller. 
Mean Joe Green. Really? It's definitely, it's definitely Mean Joe Green. It's a people who try to debate that are wrong. It's certainly Mean Joe Green is the greatest of all, stealer of all time. Um, but I mean, Bonds Clemente is is the tougher one, and Clemente ultimately gets it because he didn't ditch halfway through his career and then start juicing up and playing on the other coast. Um, and then, yeah, and then Lemieux. I'm trying to think who even counts as a basketball player for Charles <laughs> Charles Smith, I guess. Uh, could make a layup for the Knickerbockers to vanquish the Bulls. I guess that would be when as When you think of Charles Smith at 6'9", six, six, you know, 6'9", six, 6'10", six, not being able to get the ball to the rim with Scottie Pippen just terrorizing him. Maybe Kuzi couldn't get a shot off against Scottie Pippen. Maybe you're right. <laughs> what kind of who says that out loud and no, knows that there's I, cameras and microphones around like yeah that's what i want you to know I, this is what this i is think what's problematic about the euros <laughs> spaghetti <laughs> right that's why these conversations are both fun and foolish but that's why i like to have them spaghetti give us new york's then so new york's is is the babe but i bet you'd get sure. some weisenheimers who'd rather fight rather say mickey mantle right or Joe D, somebody like that. I don't think the Youngs would even try to get Jeter into that mix, would they? No. No, it's. I mean, it's probably just four Yankees. It's probably DiMaggio, Garrick. No, Ruth, you have to have one from each sport. If you're if you're if you're from a major league city and you have all. If you want one from each sport, then I guess Babe gets the nod for the MLB. NBA is probably Pat. You Ewing. don't have anybody, Clyde. Of Clyde Frazier? Oh, yeah. Boston has Clyde you Frazier. easy. You don't even have to continue. Clyde Frazier or Pat Ewing. And then uh, hockey would be Messier or... Bossy. Or, or, oh, I guess Messier. That's the best Ranger of all time in the whole I mean, he won the history cup. of that this bum is franchise. This getting embarrassing. Messier? This is really since when is Mark Messier? Wait, 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 wait. Since when has Mark Messier been front? Like, when do you think PU? Like, he's like a top ten scorer all time and won multiple. I mean, he was there for like what? He was there for like a third of his. All right, there for well, like and there's, of his there's career I that. mean, the Brian Leach, one of the better defensemen. You want to put Bossy in there? It's, it's that's fine. a good question, uh, though. Can you, you know, count? I think mean, I mean, Bossy. Does, does the Islanders count? Okay. Uh, we we sure. could. I that's mean, I think when they did, their their run of four is. Well, that's a good question. On those teams, would you go Bossy over Podvin? Uh, I mean, I guess it's bossy. He was just such a, such a sniper. Sure, God yeah. rest his soul. What's going on? Why are people checking out so young? Doesn't bode well for the other, for the two older guys on this yeah. podcast. Spaghetti's going around. LT, well, at least you're trying to eat right. Uh, LT, yeah, well, I'm worried about LT, spaghetti. LT is, is, his heart's going to explode LT. sooner rather than later. And LT. Okay, so that so baseball and football, you're doing okay, spaghetti. But my goodness, Clyde Frazier is the number one Nick again. Since when is no? It's not Clyde Frazier. Patrick Ewing. Since when is Clyde? And Patrick Ewing is better all time. He's Clyde one. Frazier. Hey, hey, listen. Hey guys, this is this is yeah. He he definitely most sometimes we bring it full circle by accident. I mean, but uh, Clyde Frazier, NBA champion, something Patrick Ewing wasn't. Clyde Frazier, 36 points, 19 assists as he destroys, and I don't want to get sued. I don't want this to get taken all the way to the Supreme Court, as he destroys Jerry West <laughs> in the finals, leading Jerry West to be filled with rage for the rest of his life. And by the way, Clyde Frazier 
a happy guy. He's delighted. He's so happy. You see what winning does when you fucking win it all? And you're not just you're not just in a fit of rage for the rest of your life. Oh, Jerry. Lighten up, Jerry. Hey, this baseball season, turn K's into cash and big hits into big wins with FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a risk-free first bet up to $1,000. And with FanDuel Same Game Parlays, you can turn little bets into big paydays. All you have to do is sign up, place your first bet, and FanDuel is going to refund you up to $1,000 Back in site credit if you don't win. There's no better place to place a bet on America's pastime than America's number one sports book. Same game parlays are the way to go. Like we say, multiple bets combined from the same game. There you go with the same game parlay. We love it. We told you already about the great promos with same game parlays every day right when you open the app. Safe and secure. You get paid fast. Why not FanDuel Sportsbook is the question. Just make sure you're using the promo code Minus three, the word minus the number three to get started with your risk-free bet up to $1,000. Let's work in a real quick break. Hench, uh, give us your Bruins Canes pick. At, I mean, at the time of this recording, both Canes netminders appear not ready to go for the start of the series. Is that right, Eddie Spaghetti? On FanDuel right now, there isn't a series number out yet because I think they're waiting to see where this thing comes down. I mean, obviously, if they don't have either one of their goaltenders, they're in some real trouble against the Bees. And, and again, speaks to how mighty that conference is going to be, uh, how mighty the, the I uh, I got I got to say, I, and you know, I'll I'll, you, I, if I'm nervous, I'll go the other way. But I, I love the Bruins in that series. I mean, even, even if uh, – even if the Canes hmm. didn't have uh, goalie problems, I think I, if you're the Canes, you're like, this is our fucking reward. This is this is what we get. This, this team that, that recently swept us in the playoffs, and it's not. And and now you know Lindholm. It was a very key addition by putting DeBrusque up to the to the number one line with Bergeron and Marchand and Taylor Hall and Pasta can play together. Eric Hall has made a leap. They have the Bruins have scoring depth like Charlie Charlie Coyle on the third line. Like the Bruins are set up. That team is organized so well for a deep run and it will start by dispatching the Canes after after an incredible season in Carolina, but the Bees are going to beat them uh, again. Um, and I just got, if you're the Canes, you're like looking at the standings, go, this is how this is going to shake out. We're going to get these guys. Oh my God. Sometimes, you know, we say addition by sub, I mean, subtraction reveals how good you are, how valuable to your team you are. We've given a couple of examples for whatever reason in the history of sports. The one guy who always comes to my mind when this comes up is Jordy Nelson. Well, oh, when Jordy Nelson left that Packers offense, all of a sudden you felt like, oh, they're, they're, they're dependent on Jordy Nelson for that offense to go. Um, sometimes, though, you take a guy away and 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 some um, second-tier scoring emerges there. Pasta going down maybe ends up because the, the, the knock on that team is that they were a one-line team for the last couple of years. Maybe it did uh, require some other guys to step up, and so they have, and now they've, um, they're have they collectively a little more confident weird, going Pasta into was out, you know, Pasta was out for a Bruins. while, and they did that thing you know, where you're like, they make it sound like he could come back right away. You know, they're like, he could play Saturday, and then he's out for two weeks. But 
Marshawn had this line. He goes, he just said, Pasta is not going to need any time to to adapt. Like he's not going to, he'll, he'll, Pasta will be fine the second he steps on the ice. And you're like, well, is he going to have his game legs under him? Score, scores immediately upon stepping on the ice, gets a helper five minutes later. Like he's completely fine. Like he's a freak and, and he's, he's, uh, he's a playoff performer. And, and uh, I just, you know, I know there aren't any hurricane fans, but if there were, I would be, I would be feel sad for them. This is your reward for. Uh, oh man, it would be so much better if it was still oh, the Hartford Whalers against the bees. That's a New England special. I liked when that would go all green against the bees. That was a fun. Those were fun series when that would happen. Spaghetti, who you got in this series? Uh, unfortunately for Hench and the Bruins, I, I'm petrified. Well, don't worry about it. You'll hurricanes. never have to play uh, them because we're going to jump them out of the playoffs. I've been saying this. Well, I hope so. I really do. I've been saying this for a while, and I thought I was kind of crazy saying that I l- like really did fear the Hurricanes more so than the Lightning and the, and the Panthers uh, and the Leafs. And then recently, after the Rangers had a pretty miserable game versus them a few days ago, some of the Rangers beat guys and a lot of the bloggers that I think are, are pretty knowledgeable. They all said the same thing. Like the, the Canes scared them. I know they have injuries to to uh code Kinyemi and and anderson their day-to-day but uh, like they're just a deep team they have some guys who could like make plays and score by themselves uh like defensively offensively they could roll out four lines they could score it's they have just i don't know they're a pretty deep roster and, and brendan Ward does a really good job as head coach that not take away from the bruins too who i think i mean if the bruins are going to win this series it's going to be a long series and they got to grind them out and they just the bruins need good goaltending and i think it's possible um, with the injuries the Canes have currently, but uh, if the, the Canes are going full full speed, full Why health, the they're, they're going to be you. We, out. Just, we just slapped you. I around. like the oil. I, I I mean, not to say that the games don't matter, but I think once the Rangers kind of clinched, it was All just right. they are you know I don't know. They, I think that the foot's taken off the gas. The the Bruins the Bruins are going to they're a tough team in a series. That's why like I'd rather play Florida in a series than play Boston. Uh, because of the style of play. It's never the high-scoring flash teams that win. It's the teams that are uh, grinding you out and they can roll four lines, which, again, like I've said this before on the pod, people think the Lightning are a high-scoring team because they have a lot of big-name players. It's like They also won because they had the best goalie and they had one of the best defensemen, and they had guys on the third and fourth line who got massive like five, six, seven million dollar contracts a year in the NHL to other teams because they wanted to kind of recreate that model. So again, like I, I, I am afraid of the, the Bruins. I just think for some reason, this Hurricanes team was a kind of grind you out team, but they have skilled guys who could score and they had good goaltending until the injury. So it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, that's a tough series. Who are you taking Leafs lightning hench? Oh, you know, I've been, I've been a little down on the lightning because I've been like, it's, it's just got to end. You know, they go so deep every year. They play more hockey than every team every year. Um, And then, you know, and the, and this Leafs team lights it up obviously. And, and if ever there was a, there was a year there, you know, for, for the lightning run to end. But then I was just thinking about like, Sort of what Spaghetti just said, how how the Lightning are built back to front, how good Vasilevsky is, how unfazed they are. The, the Lightning literally just don't give up goals when they when they need to not give up a goal. They'll just go, game seven will just be a shutout. So I really wanted to pick the Leafs in this because I'm I'm now feeling bad for the Toronto fans, the the torture they've been through. But like talk about a bad break. You have such a great season. Here's your reward, Toronto. Enjoy the two-time cup champion, Lightning. So uh, uh, n- not with a ton of conviction, but if I, if I had to bet on that series, I would bet the champs. Sort of sad. 
Yeah, I really want the Leafs. It's it really is pathetic. It's really it really is sad for the Leafs, and it's also bad for your eyeballs. Even if you don't care about uniforms, this is the all time. Uh, uh, this side of when Wisconsin and Nebraska play football against each other, this is the eyesore game because they look like they're playing a scrimmage against each other. No other color in either uniform than white and blue. Blue versus white. I can't stand it, and I can't stand even more that I would have to probably pick Tampa to win this series um Edmonton same thing I mean I, who's under more pressure the Oilers or the Leafs the answer is both under tremendous pressure to uh to salvage some dignity and move into the second round um I'm with Spaghetti the Kings are not a bum team but I think the Oilers are playing really well right now and I think they should be able to you know skate past this Kings team the Kings they, they have that vibe of team that's happy to be there which sometimes can be advantageous to you, but I'll take them. Yeah, I think that the, uh, the Oilers, the, the Kings can't score with the Oilers. They're just, you know, the effort can only get you so far. And uh, I, I do think that McDavid and Dreisaitl advance. Um, I would say this just real quick about the Leafs. Like we texted a little bit about, I know there's a little point inflation because you have three point games now when a game ends in a tie someone's going to get a point someone's going to get two points but looking at these point totals in the eastern conference because the top eight there's such a drop off between eight and nine so the direct of the conference is quite shitty and the and the top eight quite good but like to your point about a team that's just happy to be there the Leafs have 113 points you're supposed to get a team that's just happy to be there when you have that many points in the regular season and they get the lightning. It's it's so unfair. It's so crazy. It is crazy, but as you mentioned, you know, overtime rules and the extra point and all that does inflate those ever so slightly. Um, I think the more remarkable thing is goal totals um, by game are up and people are speculating. Isn't it pretty straightforward? Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't it owed to the analytics of right now? Like in the last year or so, people finally figured out, go, uh, coaches finally figured out, oh yeah, pull the goalie. If you're down two goals, pull the goalie with three or four minutes left. That's going to lead to empty net goals. That's going to boost it. Plus three on three in overtime is going to boost the number of goals you would see versus a generation ago. ago. Isn't that largely responsible for the boosted goal totals? I mean, I'll slightly shrunken pads notwithstanding. Am I missing something about that? People that's, are speaking. That's gotta, oh, be, why a, is this that's gotta be a nice, I think that's the answer, isn't it? Percent chunk. Um, do you ever watch a game uh, there was one um, Avs, Avs Blues, and the Blues pulled the goalie with four minutes left. And I'm always amazed when 90 seconds go off the clock with the net empty, and they <laughs> the team cannot score. Like they they get the puck in the neutral zone, one more tape to tape pass, and the guy's gonna have it tapping, and you know. And the D are all scrambling and playing goalie and like, and it goes for minutes, for minutes without scoring. It's just, and it's it's so it's so fun to watch. It's terrifying when when you're when you're you're the team protecting that one goal lead, and it's six on five, and you're like, can we not just put this thing away? I mean, Marshawn has hit at least seven posts in, with empty nets this year. It just it just drives you nuts just waiting for that, that killer. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure that's part of why, why goals are up. And, uh, and I do think we're in an era of, of some real snipers. I mean, you know, Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid, 
you know, we could, and, and then, and then the ultimate sniper is fucking Ovechkin, you know, just quietly having another 50 goal season, you know, yeah. uh, 13 years later. It's crazy. Yeah, it's awesome stuff and goes back to my depression about these penguins. It's just, it, it's, it, it really, bu- it straight up bums me out. The pens are, and, and the thing that's crazy about it is Crosby isn't as fast as he was, but he's, you know, he's objectively a fast skater. Watch him play. Obviously, he's uh, still got some wheels on him. Uh, the pens are, I, I, am t- I almost just said they're loaded with speed. They're not maybe loaded with speed, but they've got plenty of, Real good skaters on there, and they can't they can't keep up with half the teams in the league right now. I don't know if they just got old overnight or whatever, but it goes back to my point that I've made, you know, for twenty years now. I savvy veterans are great. Give me the young skill and speed. That's what that's what jumps out to me right now. That's why I'm kind of rooting for the Wild over the Blues in this one. Spaghetti, quickly give us your picks in each of these series coming up here. So most of the hashes settle, most of the matchups. Yeah are known here and you can bet them at FanDuel. I picked the Leafs to represent the East way back when we did our uh, NHL preview. So I'm going to not change my pick. I'm going to arrive you with and them. Me both. And I did say that the, that the uh, lightning wouldn't make the ECF. So I'm going to stay with that. Although it's kind of goes against what I was just saying about the hurricanes and Bruins. Cause I think obviously the, the Leafs are the less, you know, they're not as good defensively as the, the lightning are. And they obviously had major goaltending issues through a portion of the season. But um, I like the Leafs to, to ride on uh, with, uh, you know, Matthews leading the way, who's going to eventually win the hard trophy uh, with the Oilers Kings. I put the, the bet I like a lot on FanDuel um, is Oilers Kings after three games to be two one uh, Oilers, meaning the Kings do take a game. That's plus one twenty four. I think I, I'd be shocked that that series is not two one after three games. Uh, I just feel like the Kings. I'm not even saying they'll win the one at home. I just think the Kings will steal one because they're a team that's a kind of ahead of schedule. They're just kind of playing with house money, um, and uh, they they don't. That, that's the Oilers are a team that no one. You know they've been playing a lot better in the second half, especially you know getting a Vander Kane, which I wasn't sure was going to help them all that much, but it has. But uh, they're still prone to, to giving up a, a stinker of a game. And I still think they have holes defensively and with the goaltending. So I think the Kings will take one there. Um, and I, but I do like the Oilers to win that series. Uh, the Blues to win the series versus the Wild is plus 114. I just like them to win that series. They, I believe, swept the Wild this uh, the, the regular season series, even though the Wild do have getting Marc-Andre Fleury, which hmm. is a big get. And uh, obviously Kaprizov is a great young player. Uh, but the Blues, you know, who did lose some guys over the year, and Bennington, who was like there, you know, obviously wins the the, the cup with them as their starting goaltender, has played pretty poorly and uh, was swapped out for Billy Huso. But there, the Blues find a way to win. They have the same amount of points. They're at 109 each right now, the time of this recording. So I like the Blues to continue their dominance over the Wild to win that series. Very good. Bet those all. FanDuel.com slash minus three. Last thing, Hench, uh, for the week for you before yeah. you go back to Hollywood and. I was going to ask you, because it's the popular question around NFL draft time. You can draft one Patriot from history, but I can't give you Brady. Too easy. To You can plug in in his prime, or you can draft him at 21. But it, I, I, again, can't be Tom Brady. Too breezy to, to add to the Patriots. How about I'm going to expand it to this? You For your teams in Boston, you can have one guy for one, for, for one year starting... You know, for 365 days, basically for the next season. Who do you take it? Bobby Orr? You want to throw him onto the Bruins? Yeah. I think he oh, would wait, so I can take, take you so to it's not just the Cup, Patriots. Right? I can take any. So I, or one guy. 
Well, then you're, now guy. you're asking what what title, which yeah, championship do I most way. want to win? I guess right right now I would, you know, exactly. Well, it's twofold. Um, well, gosh, you know, if you added Larry Bird to the Celtics right now, you'd probably win that title pretty easily too. Oh man, now I got to think. I guess I would probably I would probably take Bobby Orr because I think it would more certainly guarantee a title, having the, the greatest of all time. Wrong. You want Roger Clemens is who you want. You want Roger Clemens. It doesn't feel good to I've say been down it, that you know road. Roger Clemens would be. He had the okay, ball. So he had the go. ball with a chance to win it. Yeah, or is a fun. Um, yeah. but Pedro. What about Pedro? Throw him in there. Red Sox. Well, how about the Red Sox shilling? What no, about him? No. Uh, I mean, no? The, the thing that's interesting about um, all of these sports we've been talking about, and I was thinking about McDavid and how it it is wild if you're a pitcher pitching every fifth day or you're a hockey player playing a third of the game. Like part of this is out of their hands, right? When we're like, McDavid hasn't won anything. It's like, well, he's literally not playing for a huge chunk of the game. You know, uh, Brady obviously is playing half the game. He's on offense. But then basketball is really the sport when you look at like someone like Jordan, who is such a great two-way player. He's on the court the entire time. He has the game in his hands. Like that is the sport where your individual athleticism can have the biggest impact on your legacy, right? In hockey, it really, I mean, kind of true. Raise Warren Young's game. Wow. No. Well, I mean, hockey's. Yeah, I, I I hear you. I hear you. But I also think, yeah. I mean, you know. So you have eighteen skaters. You know, if you're going four lines deep, but, you know, as the playoffs go on, you hope you can uh, shorten things up a little bit, you know, get 20, 25 minutes. You can get pretty close if you're an impact forward. And these days, a lot of those guys are playing 22, 23 minutes. Um, you're right, though. I went also QB. There's no excuse in the 21st century. If you're if you are held up as one of the best of the generation at sports, most important position, you better go to the playoffs pretty much every single year. And you better challenge no matter how bad the rest of the team is. You should be able to tug an NFL team to the postseason if you are, in fact, a great quarterback. It's really it's it is somehow understated for all the talk about quarterbacks it still is slightly i think people love to hear that kind of hardo talk about like hey it's a team game more than just the quarterback not really i mean i mean i i obviously we can find uh exceptions to prove the rule in all these sports the detroit pistons winning the title in what 2003 or four whenever they did against the lakers but yeah quarterbacks remain the most important position. And uh, that's why I expect you're going to see probably five of them go in uh, the first two rounds. The first of which is pretty much underway as we speak here. Eddie Spaghetti, though. All right. Well, Hench, you can Thank go. You, boss. Because I know Appreciate you have it. important things to do. <laughs> you're go. welcome to hang I out, go. too. I don't want to, I don't, I just don't want to, I don't want to force you to hang out. If you got, I wanted to give Spaghetti, okay. All the buzz. There he goes. Kevin Hench, everybody. All right, Spaghetti, let's uh, round this thing out. Well, who would you say? You can add one player to one of your New York teams for this coming year. Who do you want? I think for football, and it's also not only their best player in history, arguably the best player in NFL history, outside, uh, you know, outside of the quarterback position, um, but the, a need for the Giants would be Lawrence Taylor. Edge rush would be, I mean, that's exactly what they needed. I would not be shocked. Uh, we don't know yet right now when we're recording, but I would not be shocked if pick five or seven turned into one of those edge guys. Uh, if I'm switching sports, 
if I'm going hockey, the Rangers, I mean, Brian Leach, like having Adam Fox on one line and having uh, Brian Leach and your other defensive pairing would be something else. You could obviously have those guys quarterback both power plays. That's pretty good for the, the playoffs. So they wanted to go forward. Um, at, I mean, I guess Messier, you said, doesn't count as one. I mean, maybe an Adam Graves or someone like that would, would no, be No, he counts. But uh, I think that that would be a good pick. Actually, he'd be a nice... He'd be a really nice addition, as a matter of fact, to to your blue shirts. Right now, if you dropped him in about when he was uh, wearing the C for those mm-hmm. uh, for those Rangers and winning that cup, he, he would probably get you pretty close to across the finish line. Obviously, I would go Lemieux, but that's too easy. You know, like I think I you know I really do think for one team for my favorite team, you know. Yager would be great to add to the Penguins right now. That would he would be uh, a Rick Tockett would be excellent. For, he's not the skater that uh, is required in the 21st century. Um, but I might go Ben Roethlisberger because if you drop Roethlisberger onto that Steelers team as as constituted um, before seeing who they get in the draft, I think that I think they'd be right at the top of the list in the AFC as mighty as it's going to be. Anyway, fun conversation to have. I think. Um, and uh, and what do you say, Spaghetti? Let's uh, let's celebrate ourselves and go enjoy the draft as our reward for a job well done. This works week. for me. I'm very excited for it. All right. Have a great time at Harry's wedding. Um, Spaghetti. Give my best. My regards to everybody there. I'm sorry. I'm going to be missing out. Thrilled to be doing stuff with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I can't get over it as a uh, as a Pittsburgh guy who is a as a kid. uh went along with his old man to three river stadium to watch him to now get to be doing stuff with the Steelers is, uh, is great fun for me. And, uh, we appreciate you listening to minus three being subscribed, all that. Make sure you're also going to extrapoints.com, getting in there to the arcade, listening to all the great shows and Oh, also more muzzle tubs to extend to Megan Gailey. She had, uh, she had her baby Conrad. So muzzle tub to her. She'll be back on Megan fun of sports soon. In the meantime, you can listen to the other Megan along with Eddie Spaghetti sitting in with her. I'm doing great work there. All the other good stuff against all odds and uh, and uh, lemon pepper parlay and covered in glory. I didn't leave any out right there, Spaghetti. I got them all. Checked yeah, all the boxes, I think. Yep. All right, good. All right, so listen. Um, from the Extra Points family to yours, we'll talk to you after the weekend to make sense of everything you just saw. Until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.